Episode 20 of Vicious Talk with Benny P is brought to you by our one and only sponsor, Action for Education. Action for Education is a nonprofit organization that works to create affordable, accessible, and sustainable opportunities for education in Western Honduras. Their mission is centered around capacity building and using resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities to succeed in their own ways. Action for Education is always looking for more help, and they're currently seeking individuals to accompany them and their team on their next medical mission trip down to Honduras. It's a fantastic opportunity for students interested in pre-medical studies to experience the positive impacts that medical clinics can have for people in impoverished areas of the world. For more, for more information, contact my friend Mike Mastriani and his team at info at action4education.org. And if you don't have time to join their team on a medical mission trip, there are a number of other ways you can help as well. To learn more, visit action4education.org and consider donating to their cause. Every dollar helps. Now, thank you for listening to episode 20 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. It's our weekly NFL picks against the lines with my good friend Jake Kelly. Enjoy. Okay, so today's guest on Vicious Talk is my good friend once again, Jake Kelly. We're going to be doing our weekly NFL Picks Against the Lines. It's the NFL's Week 13 this week. We missed the Thursday night game, um, but we'll get our picks in for Sunday and Monday Night Football as well. Um, without further ado, I'll introduce my guest, Jake Kelly. Jake, how's it going? Good, Ben. Good to be back on. I'm excited to make some picks. Uh, we were pretty close last week, so no ground was made or made up. So uh, interested to get back into it, see if I can catch up with you before the season's out. Yeah, exactly. We uh, we were both right around 500. You went 7-8 and eight for the Thanksgiving weekend. I went 8-7. We had one push. I think it was the Monday night game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we, we we're doing okay. We uh, You're um, eight games over 500, and I am – what is that? No, you're more 12 than – Yeah, I'm like 12 or, or, or 14 or something like that. Um, so I'm you're 66 and 58. I'm 70 and 54. So I am uh, four games up on you um, for this season yep. so far. But yeah, we uh, we had some. It's actually kind of good that we missed Thursday night football because we were both texting and we said we were we were going to take the Ravens and the Cowboys actually showed up to play on Thursday night. So yeah, a lot of miscues early for the Redskins. Uh... Jameson Crowder shot them in the foot a few times in the first quarter. Uh, Cowboys, they leaned really heavy on Alfred Morris. I think that was something you and I talked about last week. They need to trust the running game a little bit more. Yeah, they exactly. finally did it. Both showed. Yeah. Uh, it, Dak Prescott, Prescott he, uh, it's, kind of, it's very possible that people were really overrating him early in his career. Um, he's a good quarterback, yeah. he's not, but he's not on that that stellar cat uh tier that kind of Carson Wentz is starting to become a part of um in terms of the young yeah. in terms of looking at the young QBs I'm, I'm thinking um I think Prescott really was relying heavily on Zeke Elliott's influence on his offense early in his uh in his career so it's good to see that uh they're using Morris in a kind of similar way um in Dallas for for those fans in, in that organization All yeah right. absolutely yeah I'm thinking about the last that offensive line finally got healthy too, and Dak's really leaned heavy on them the past year and a half. So uh, with them healthy, we'll see what Dallas can do. Maybe they can squeak out that wild card. Yeah, it's going to be close. They, uh, it, it, it's it's doubtful they they make the playoffs at this point with Zeke out. Um, but if they do, and Zeke comes back kind of refreshed and ready to go um, for that playoff push and. Those final, um, I think he'd make what week sixteen, and or he would might just play week seventeen, and then the playoffs if they make it. So um, if they have him for that, uh, they'll be a dangerous team in the playoffs at least. Yeah, week sixteen and seventeen for the Cowboys. You've got Seattle week sixteen, and then week seventeen you got the Eagles. So those those are the tough games. The rest of the schedule is actually relatively favorable, but they've got to make it. They've got to make it there. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go into our picks for this week. Um, we uh, we are looking at Sunday's games, the first wave, the 1 p.m. games. We have the Detroit Lions. Our first our first game is going to be the Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are uh, conceding three points. They're favored by three against the Lions at home. Who are you taking? 
Um, I'm going to go with Detroit. I just think that they, they actually showed out really well uh, this past week against Minnesota on Thanksgiving. Uh, they looked very competitive, balanced on uh, offense with trying to distribute that football. Uh, I don't know that the Ravens have enough players on defense to lock up every option on the Detroit offense. And uh, once again, like I just think that uh, Detroit's defense might be a little bit underrated, and I think they could give the Ravens a few issues on the other side of the ball. Baltimore didn't really impress me on Monday night against Houston, a uh, team I thought they should have handled. So uh, I'm going to go with Detroit here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm taking uh, the Lions as well. Um, they, uh, they they played a good game against um, Minnesota. Kind of uh, Stafford didn't look good. It might have been his ankle. It might have been uh, whatever. But um, I just yeah. I, I think that the Ravens have probably the worst offense, if not I mean, they, I, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Um, Flacco has got to be one of the worst starting quarterbacks at this point, and there's a lot of bad ones. So that's really saying something. Um, and he's just terrible. They can't move the ball. Um, they even have Woodhead back. And, I mean, I don't even know that there's a, a player on their offense that I would start in fantasy. Um, I mean, you, you the only options, I guess, you look at are the three running backs in Alex Collins, um, Javarius Allen, Buck Allen, and Danny Woodhead. And those three guys, since th- there's three of them, they kind of cancel – they all cancel each other out in fantasy values. So, I mean – they're, they don't have anything to be excited about on their offense. They have a great defense, um, so it's possible this game ends up being low scoring, but um, I'm taking the lines here as well. Yeah, Jimmy Smith's been huge for the Ravens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised whoever he ends up matching up against for Detroit probably won't have a great day, but Stafford will just beat the rest of them. Yeah, I agree. All right, the next one. The San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears in Chicago. The Bears are conceding three points to the Niners. The Niners are sending out the uh, the old Patriot, Jimmy G. It's going to be a little bit of a homecoming for him. He's actually from the Chicago area. So I'm kind of excited to see him get his first start um, for San Francisco. Um, and the Bears are giving the Niners three points. So who are you taking here? Um, I'm going to go with the Niners. And the Jimmy G factor weighs heavily for me this one. Uh, I think that they might be a little bit energized, a little bit hungry for, for a win. Uh, Chicago looked really listless last week against Philadelphia. They just got pounded into submission. They didn't get much done on either side of the ball. Uh, I know that Chicago's at home, but uh, with that and the lot, you know, they get a few points on the line, which kind of skews things into the Niners' favor a bit more for me. Uh, I think, you know, San Francisco has some talent up front, and Chicago's only real offensive option is to keep beating Jordan Howard. So, in that sense, I don't think the Bears' strength really matches up with a, a big weakness for the Niners, which is their back seven on the defense. Uh, I'm, so, I'm going to go with the new, the new thing, the shiny thing. I'm going to go with Garoppolo in his first start as a 49ers quarterback. Yeah, I have the same logic here. I love Jimmy G. I came from the Patriots. I thought he was good in those two starts, his three, uh, two and a half starts with the Patriots, really, um, last season when Brady had that suspension. And I just, I, I liked what I saw when he came in for that last drive in the last game. Um, did you, did you see the uh, the players for? There was a couple of players for the Niners that were disappointed that they were cheering when uh, the guy Bethard got hurt <laughs> before the before he even like got up from his injury. And when walked off the field, they were cheering because they knew Jimmy G was coming in. <laughs> so the fans are excited to have him. So, so I mean, I like him. I like that he's going home to Chicago for this first start. Um, it's probably going to be a cold one there. Um, so I don't know how that's going to really factor in there. Um, but this has got to be one of the worst games of the week. Neither of these two teams are any, have anything really to be excited about other than it's going to be Jimmy G's first game, like we said. Yes, sir. All right. The next game, the Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons. This is one of the better games of the week. Um, two teams that are really probably in the top seven at, at the very least in, in power rankings, if depending on who you're looking at. Um, and the Vikings are coming off uh, an, an understandable loss. Um, no, sorry, sorry. They, they won. I'm thinking of, of the Rams. I mean, the, uh, the Saints. Um, but the, uh, the Vikings beat the uh, Lions on, on – uh, Thanksgiving last week, and they actually looked really good. Um, and so did the Falcons. The Falcons, uh, their offense is really taking control now. We're, we're really starting to see why they were the best offense last year. Um, people were kind yeah. of throwing shade into their well, their their whole projections for this season, and 
Um, I think they've really become they're coming along in the second half of the season. Um, and the Falcons are favored by three here against Minnesota at home. Who are you taking? Um, I really, really wanted to go with the Falcons at home here, but I ended up I'm going to go with the Vikings. Uh, the news that Desmond Trufant would not be playing this weekend, like really, really weighed in on on how I came to my decision. I wanted to go with Atlanta with the offense starting to click, uh, but you've also got the return of Devonta Freeman is, is also occurring here, and so I, it'd be interesting to see how that weighs into the offensive game plan for the Falcons, if it potentially impacts them in a negative way with having to spread the ball around a bit more and not letting a running back get into rhythm. Um, I like that the Falcons are at home. They've looked well, good recently, but defense travels, and the Vikings have arguably the best defense in the league. Um they're playing well, and I don't know, you know, who's going to be Ding up Diggs and Thielen, you know, especially without Trufant on the field. I think that uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings here with such a narrow spread. Yeah, this one was really tough. Like you said, I, I was, I'm really tempted to take the Falcons because I think that that offense is going to be scoring points against Minnesota's defense. Um, Minnesota knows how to get after the quarterback and stop the run, but I think you could throw on their secondary, and I think Matt Ryan's going to hit. Julio Jones and Sanu for a few a few good passes. I mean, Sanu, he been, that guy's a cannon. Have you seen? He's I think he's in his career. I saw a stat. He's like six for six with like two hundred plus yards and like three touchdowns when he throws the ball. <laughs> the guy is a cannon. He's. Did you see that throw to Julio Jones last week? Oh yeah, that was beautiful. Right, and um, so I mean, I'm taking the Vikings here as well because, like you said, I love the the pass attack and feeling and digs. Um, Man, that guy Thielen has to be a top five receiver at the very least and any kind of projections you're doing right now. The guy knows how to get open, and um, he's making Keenum's job look easy, and he's making Keenum look like the best backup in, in the NFL. And, um, I mean, I think that the Vikings are rolling heavy. They, they, uh, they had a big win last week against the Lions. They have a 10-day rest. Um, I, I, I don't really know how to project the Falcons home field advantage, um, in that Mercedes dome yet. They, uh, they've looked pretty good there, but I don't know. This is going to be a great game. I think I'm, I'm going to go with the Vikings, but yeah, this is a close one. Absolutely. All right. The next game, we got the new England Patriots at the Buffalo bills in Buffalo. Who are you taking here? The Patriots are favored by eight and a half. All right. I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, over the course of the past few weeks, I've been very careful with taking the points against the Patriots just because I, I know they've been getting it together. They've been very injured, and they got they kind of beat up a little bit last week again against Miami. But looking at this spread, you know, eight and a half, it was enticing enough that I'm actually going to take the Patriots, even though they're on the road against Buffalo. Buffalo, I mean, last week they, the defense showed up and kind of uh, stopped the run, but in the three weeks preceding, they, the bottom had really fallen out on that run defense. And uh, I expect the Patriots to really try to exploit that on the road in Buffalo. Going to see a lot of Lewis, a lot of Rex Burkhead. Um, I'm hoping that maybe they could. I was had had been hoping that maybe they could get Hogan back, but it doesn't seem that that's going to happen. But they will be getting David Andrews back in the middle of the offensive line, which is only going to help them further in the running game. Uh, Buffalo, while this is the first time that they're uh, that that Tom Brady and the Patriots would play in Buffalo under the new regime. It's also the first time the new regime is going to get a real taste of Tom Brady. Uh, and so I think I'm going to go with the Patriots here. I think the Bills could use very easily make a few mistakes early in the game, uh, trying to establish themselves and set the tone and get a little bit over, a, bit, a little bit too over emotional like last year at Buffalo. And I think the Patriots will be right to capitalize. Yeah. I, um, I had a tough one here. I, I was thinking the Patriots with that spread as well. Cause I actually, I took them last week with the, the 16 point spread. That was a huge one. Um, and they ended up covering, um, against oh. Miami, but I am going with the bills here. Um, and this is, this is gonna, I think this is gonna be a close game. Um, I like, we, we talked about this previously on some podcasts that Peterman, uh, start two weeks ago against the Chargers was ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what, there was a lot of reasoning behind that, but it's it's. I heard a theory, and it's very possible. Maybe uh, McDermott kind of knew what he was doing there. He uh, he. They were probably not going to win that game against the Chargers in the first place, and it, it looks like the start that they gave him kind of revitalized that offense. Um, and I think they've looked good um, since they brought ta ta uh, Taylor back uh, to run that that offense. And 
Um, they looked good against the Chiefs last week. Um, and I think that, I mean, there's a little bit of an edge here, I think, to the Bills with that eight and a half points because it's going to be a, a cold and windy day in Buffalo on Sunday. And um, that that kind of is better for the Bills than it is for the Patriots because the Patriots are a better throwing team um, than running and the Bills are better at running the ball. But like you said, it's probably going to be a big day for Deion Lewis and uh, Rex Burkhead um, for the for the Patriots. So it's possible that they have big days from the running backs and end up covering this spread. But um, I love uh, LaShawn McCoy and I like Tyrod Taylor to run the football too. Um, so I'm taking the Bills here with the eight and a half. Yeah, I think two keys to this game to really watch out for. Uh, one of them is going to be whether if, if if the Patriots win the toss, do they take the ball first? If they get out to an early lead, I think that that could really uh, get in the way for Buffalo. I think Buffalo would rather try to run the football as much as possible, uh, try to play mistake-free football, and if they're forced to pass it, uh, I think the other key being, you know, can Tyrod have a clean game and not turn the ball over? He's been doing well with that most of this season, uh, but the Patriots really came alive last week, forced a lot of turnovers. Uh, if that can continue, that defense can stay hot. You know, if Buffalo gets away from ball security, then it could get ugly. But, uh, yeah, those would be the two games. Do the Pats get out to an early lead, and can Buffalo keep hold of the football? Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, I love Tyrod Taylor um, in terms of how he, he, he plays a little bit of conservative aggressiveness almost. Like he's holding, he, he holds onto the ball well. Um, he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of turnovers on the air, and he um, he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. So um, I think this is going to be a decent game. Um, I think that the Bills can very well have a great chance of covering that eight and a half spread there. So that's why I'm taking them. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. All right, the next game, the Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins. The, Dol- the uh, Broncos are favored by a point and a half at Miami. This uh, The spread's actually um, swung uh, since it first posted after the games on Sunday. I think the Dolphins were favored by a point, and the money's been been bet heavily on the Broncos. That's why you see that point and a half um, on their side yeah. now. Um, but I think it might have to do with the fact that Simeon came on um, at the end of their game last week and played well, um, and so they kind of have a, a better offense um, looking at, towards this game than they did in the last. Uh, but who are you taking here, Jake? I am going to go with Denver on this one. I know they're not going to have a keep lead, and that will certainly hurt. But um, I think, like you'd already touched on, Simeon's going to be playing. Uh, I think he's clearly the best quarterback on the team, whether he's a good starting quarterback in the NFL is certainly up for debate, but I don't think it's debatable. He's definitely the best QB on the Broncos roster. Uh, no to lead makes this difficult, but uh, we don't really, I'm not sure anyway, perhaps you could illuminate it for me, Ben, but I'm not sure who's starting a quarterback for, for uh, Miami. Yeah, I think it's Cutler uh, this week, and I, I hate Jay Cutler. I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> even without even without a key to lead, that Broncos defense could see some nice opportunities against Jay Cutler. Uh, you know, you always got that factor with a player trying to face his, his former team and trying to show out. Uh, with Cutler, that's, you know, never been a problem with him trying to show off his arm strength, and maybe he gets a, uh, a little too confident, gets himself into some holes that, you know, otherwise, you know, another quarterback wouldn't. Uh, I just, I don't think that, I think Miami came out and they gave the Patriots, like, their best shot in last week. Uh, it wasn't nearly good enough. Uh, I think Denver's going to still be playing with some pride, though, and uh, Miami's going to have all that much to play for. Combined with Cutler's propensity to turn the football over, and Denver, you know, their defense hasn't been all-world like it had been in the past few seasons, but I certainly think they'll be motivated to get back on track, especially against Jay. Yeah, exactly. I um, Like I said, I, I don't like Jay Cutler behind center for Miami. I think he's terrible, and I think he's on his way out of the league now. Um, and I think a little Tlaib's out, like you said. I think that uh, Miami's probably going to turn the ball over at least a couple times against that Denver defense. Um, and I'm taking Denver here. Um, and I uh, I think that it's just more of a motivation thing, like you said. The Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders are sitting um, a couple games back, or a game and a half, I think it's a game back from um, the Chiefs right now. And the Chiefs are really reeling hard. Um, and these are really must-win games for um, both the Raiders and the Broncos. The Raiders are actually, no, the Raiders are 3-8, and eight, so they're not looking good in terms of the playoff picture. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I just don't think that Miami's the better team here. Um, I'm taking the Broncos here. Yes, sir. All right, let's go on to our next one. The Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are favored by six and a half points in Tennessee. Who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with the Titans. I'm just not sure that Houston's going to have enough offensively to deal with the Titans. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins really gouged Tennessee earlier in the season in their first matchup. But uh, I'd anticipate Tennessee maybe trying to figure out some different things schematically. Uh, maybe throw Logan Ryan on, on DeAndre Hopkins, kind of with the Patriots had in the past, give him a lot of safety help, take him out of the game. And then outside of that, I expect to see a few loaded boxes for Lamar Miller. Uh, but the Texans, just I don't see enough there for them to get going offensively. Uh, as far as the Titans' offense against the defense goes, uh, Tennessee has an incredible set of tackles on the offensive line, and I expect them to kind of be able to mitigate the damage that Javion Clowney usually causes. Uh, but Mariota really needs to step it up. He's been pretty weak the past few weeks, kind of had a, a bit of a half rebound last week, but you know, two weeks ago, very brutal against Cleveland. And uh, in a bit of a slump before that. Uh, so Mariota, definitely a, a guy to watch this week in a, in a division game that they really need to win in order to stay paced with the Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans, though, especially because they're at home. I think that's going to weigh heavily. Yeah, I like, I like all the points you have there. I'm taking the Titans here as well. Um, I, I don't like Tom Savage behind center for Houston. Man, I love watching DeAndre Hopkins play wide receiver, though. Man, that guy... Him and Antonio Brown are probably the two physically the best wide receivers in the league. Um, maybe Julio Jones as well is in that category in terms of physicality and talent. But, man, DeAndre Hopkins is a stud. But it's a shame that he doesn't have a quarterback throwing him the ball right now. Um, so I'm taking Tennessee here as well at home. Um, I like Mariota to kind of turn it around this week, like you said, as well. Um, so that's who I'm taking. All right. All righty. Yeah, let's go into the next week. I mean, the next uh, – not, not week. <laughs> the next game. The next game. So, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. The Chiefs are favored by three and a half here. Um, who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I know they're on the road. I know they've been struggling recently. Uh, but I'll also say that while that Jets defense has been kind of middle of the pack, they're especially susceptible to damage from the tight end position. And tight end is is something that the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, very lead at that position with Travis Kelsey. Um, I also think that while McCown has has been better than projected going into the season, hasn't been nearly as good as he was to open up the year. I think uh, I expect the Chiefs to prop to you know now that the standings have really tightened up, I expect them to play too as well. Uh, they've got a lot to play for right now. They they could potentially miss the playoffs if they let, allow this free fall to continue for a few more weeks. Um, I think the Jets might be just what the doctor ordered for them, however. Uh, I don't see – the Jets are one of those teams where if they play a clean game, they can be very tough to beat. But one or two mistakes are fatal for them just due to the lack of talent on, overall in that roster. Uh, I think Kansas City, being a more talented team, will give them a, little, a few more opportunities to hit that home run. And uh, with this spread only being three and a half, I feel comfortable enough with it to go with Kansas City in a tight one. Yeah, I um, I don't I, I I like the point that you said about Travis Kelsey. I think he, I mean he's probably the best tight end right now in the NFL besides Rob Gronkowski. I mean those two are kind of the two um, spearheads at the the Tennessee position. I mean the uh, tight end position. Um, but I'm taking the Jets here, and it's actually kind of one of my favorite bets of the week. Um, I think that the Jets, are, I think the Jets are, are good, a good cover here. I they uh, they had a close game last week against the Panthers, um, and they actually kind of gave it away at the end of the the ball game. And they uh, they I don't know how they didn't cover against the Panthers last week. They really they really had a couple bad turnovers, um, and I I just I think that the Jets are are being a little bit undervalued here. Um, the Chiefs are really in a heavy free fall. Kareem Hunt. Was averaging like six, six, about six yards a carry through his first few games, and now he's down to about three yeah. yards a carry. They're really they're, they and, don't they don't know how to use him anymore. And it, what's what's astonishing is they're saying that the Chiefs' offense can't figure out this cover two defense. When is it the cover two defense the most basic in the league? It's like how does that how does an offense not know how to to uh, to work on on a, on a cover a cover two? 
I mean, it's it's astonishing how how poorly it seems like that Tennessee offense has been run. And I mean, I just I think the Jets are, are a good bet here. Yeah, I think you know you make a lot of valid points, Ben. And to add to that, Todd Bowles has done a very good job this year. Uh, the record, you know, you might look at it and not and not be very impressed by it overall. But uh, I just – Todd Bowles has done a good job keeping his team disciplined and motivated this deep into the season, uh, especially with them knowing that, you know, they really – they were never really going to be a playoff team. They would have needed an awful lot to go right for them. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, tip of the Bulls, that's what I have to say. Yeah, exactly. They – I mean, coming to the season, I thought the Jets were like one of the worst three teams in the league. And they're really kind of just below average. Um, the Chiefs – and the Chiefs, I think, are right at – right at average or maybe a, a half a point below average. And I think that, that the three and a half is a little bit of a generous spread for the Jets, to be honest. And so I kind of like them um, with a field goal at the very, keeping this game within a field goal at the very least. Um, and so I'm taking the Jets here. All righty. All right. The Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jags. The, uh, the Jaguars are favored by nine and a half at home against that Colts team. Who are you taking? Um, I'm just going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, my thinking is pretty simple. I don't think that Indianapolis has anyone that can stop Kareem Hunt. And I think that Jacksonville You mean has uh, Fournette? Fournette. Play- you yes, said- you're correct. <laughs> Leonard- <laughs> you're good. Kareem Hunt very stoppable recently, in fact. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone on, on Indianapolis is going to be able to stop Leonard Fournette. And I also think that Jacksonville has two players in Bouye and Jalen Ramsey who can both stop T.Y. Hilton. And uh, outside of hitting a few deep home run plays to Hilton, I don't know that Brissett has a lot of other options against the year's Jacksonville defense. Uh, so, you know, like I said, short and sweet, I think I'm going to take Jacksonville, especially at home. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking the Jags here as well. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are, although I don't like their chances of when they're down by 10 points, I don't think they have a great chance of coming back. They're one of those teams that they don't have the offense to really score points once they get down like that, I don't think. But they're also a, a team that's – it's interesting. They're also a team, I think, that when they're up by 10 points, it's extremely difficult to get back on them too because they run the ball so well. Um, and so like, yeah. it, it kind of it's kind of a reflection of Blake Bortles, I think, than anything more than anything because he's not – he's kind of overachieving a little bit on this, this – quality team the Jaguars are a good football team and they have one of the best defenses in the league um but they can but they're on offense to clear their clear strength is to run the ball not throw it and I think that um that Jacksonville defense is gonna get to Brissett on um on that side of the football I think Brissett has a tendency lately to really hold on to that football too long um and so I think the Jaguar defense is gonna get to him for at least a a few sacks and um I like yeah I like the Jags here to cover that nine and a half. Yeah, we're on the same page about this one, Ben. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. This is also probably one of the worst games of the week. Um, neither, of these, neither, neither of these two teams are playing particularly well at the moment, um, but the Packers did have a, a, a good struggle against uh, the Steelers last week on Sunday night, and it actually kind of surprised some people with a cover um, on Sunday night football, but – um, they're only favored by two points here at home against the Buccaneers. So who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with Tampa this week. This one is, is an admittedly risky pick. But I think that uh, people might be get, might be reacting, you know, very – I think that people are definitely reacting to that Pittsburgh game last week and setting this line for, for Green Bay. Uh, and James Winston's going to be back this week. I think that uh, Tampa Bay will definitely be looking to open up the offense. Uh, they've been much maligned this season for underachieving. And that coaching staff, they suffer a few more losses. I know it's been a short tenure for them, but they could be out. Uh, they could be make, looking to make a change down there in Tampa. I think Jameis, they're going to try to air the ball out against the Packers defense. They're kind of weak all season outside of Mike Daniels. And, uh, I don't think I know that Tampa Bay's defense isn't amazing, and so I kind of expect a bit of a shootout up in Lambeau. But I, I don't think Brett Hundley is anywhere near as good as James Winston is. So I'm going to go with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a good point. I like the fact that James Winston's coming back. Um, but I'm taking the Packers here. Um, I like the fact that they're using their running back Williams heavily. Um, they used him heavily against the uh, Steelers, and uh, he had a decent game for them. 
Um, and I just I'm taking the Packers here because I, I think that they're not getting enough credit with their home home field advantage. Um, and I, I mean I, I like um, I mean I think that the Packers secondary is decent. Um, and so I think yeah. that they'll be able to stick with um, some of the receivers they have there in Tampa. But um, this, should, this should be a decent game. It should be a, a little bit of a shootout. Um, like I, although I said this is kind of the one of the worst games of the week, I think it also could be a little bit more a uh, sneaky, exciting game in terms of a lack of defense. Um, because I think that, like you said, Tam- uh, Tampa Bay is probably going to be looking to stretch the field with Winston coming back off that um, shoulder injury. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if a uh, rookie cornerback – Kevin King for the Packers gets matched up against Mike Evans. Big bodies. Uh, they'll hopefully be going stride for stride down the field. And uh, maybe that'll lead to some exciting plays. James has been known to throw picks. Yep. So um, maybe on one of those balls, it'd be a really interesting game. Uh, maybe not, you know, for the standings this year, but certainly for uh, projecting in the next year, get to watch some guys develop in front of our eyes here uh, as their seasons wind down. So, yeah, like I agree with you completely. Not a compelling game based on the standings, but uh, the matchups are certainly intriguing. Yeah, and kind of the only playoff implications here would be the pa- the Packers have still have somewhat of a chance, um, and they have two more games really until Aaron Rodgers is eligible to come back. So these are the kind of games that they really need to win if they want to have a chance when, when he returns um, in Week 15 possibly. He was throwing 50-yard passes on um, Sunday night last week. Um, before the game, he was caught on camera throwing 50 yarders. So it's encouraging news for them if they could stay around 500 or a game over 500. I think they're facing a weak team next week as well. Um, and so if yeah. they're able to beat Tampa this week, um, they might have a, a, they might have found a, a decent hole in their schedule to kind of uh, make it through this Rodgers injury yeah. and sneak into the, the wild card playoffs. I'd love to see it. Yeah. All right, we're going to the 4, the 4 p.m. wave of games. Uh, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are favored by 14 points in L.A. Who are you taking? I'm going to go with the Browns here. It's just the 14-point spread is just far too wide for me. Um, the Chargers have been hot recently, but over the past few years, they've been known as that team who finds a way to lose. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose this game. I think that Cleveland will, will definitely be the losers here. Uh, they kind of have the market cornered on losing. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe maybe Phillip gets a little bit sloppy as they as they get up, or uh, or maybe you know Cleveland comes out and they've schemed a little bit more to try to stop uh, that deep ball that Rivers likes so much. Uh, I'm just. I have a feeling about this game. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it be like more of a nine-point Chargers victory. I just think that 14 is just is giving them far, far too much credit, especially while it, while it is in Los Angeles, we all know that that isn't so much of a home field advantage for the yeah. Chargers. Exactly. I was going to say the same. The Chargers don't have a home field advantage at home. Exactly. And so, you know, with that, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cleveland come out motivated. They're looking for that win. Um, Hugh Jackson wants to keep that job and getting a win is necessary so I wouldn't be shocked to see Cleveland uh, keep it close yeah this was actually the, the Browns one win last year they uh, they beat the Chargers outright last year um, and so I mean it's just kind of a little bit of a revenge game for the LA Chargers um, but I'm, yeah. taking the, I'm taking the Browns here as well because um, like you said there is no home field advantage for the for the Chargers in LA um, and so I think that they, they probably gave them about three points three and a half points um, based on the fact mm-hmm. that they're in Los Angeles, and I, I don't think that's right. I think that the the Browns should be probably giving about should be giving about eleven points or so um, in a spread. So I'm taking the Browns. Um, I like the fact that Josh Gordon's coming back after after his I think it's been three years since he played. Um, and so oh, now, I... now the Browns kind of have two number one receivers in Coleman and and Brown, and so I think. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that offense functions. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kaiser throw some deep balls. I'm think I'm not I'm saying Brown. I'm saying I'm thinking Josh Gordon, not, not Brown. <laughs> yeah, I got. You. All right, let's go to the next one. The New York Giants. Yes, the New York Giants at the Oakland Raiders. The uh, the Raiders are favored by eight and a half, and the uh, the Giants had the big news in the NFL this week. They uh, gave the starting job to Geno Smith for this game. Um, and they're benching Eli Manning um, in Oakland. Who are you taking here? I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders because 
the answer to any question is never Geno Smith unless you're asking who's starting a quarterback. Uh, I don't have I don't have any faith in Geno. Uh, Oakland is fighting for their playoff lives. The Giants are fighting to get a high draft pick at the quarterback position. Uh, you're looking at, at two teams with completely different motivations. Uh, the Giants are also on the road in Oakland. Uh, the spread is a little high, I'll admit, and Oakland's defense hasn't looked, hasn't looked very good. But, I mean, at, at the last time I saw Geno Smith, it looked like a college defense would be able to show up and keep him under 20. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with Oakland here. Uh, they're, they're highly motivated. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Carr slinging the ball around a lot, trying to distribute it to everybody. I think Jared Cook is going to have a huge game. Uh, they're going to be missing their top two wide receivers in Oakland. Gave me a little bit of pause, but like I said, Carr's good at spreading the ball around. Maybe he'll pass a little bit more to the running backs, not named Marshawn Lynch. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I agree with you. I can't. You said all the points I wanted to say. The, the Giants are really looking for Sam Darnold right now at this point. And, um, I mean, I, the, the benching of, of Eli Manning for Geno Smith made absolutely no sense other than the fact that they want to lose football games now. Um, and yes. the Raiders, like you said, are fighting for the, that, their playoff spot, and the Chiefs are really looking to give it to them, it seems like. And so they really need to win games. Um, and the Raiders are really going to be they're, – they're desperate for some wins, and I wouldn't be surprised to see once they're up by 10, really laid on and try to keep, keep their foot on the throttle and try to blow them out by, like, 30 points here or something. So – I'm I'm looking for a Raiders blowout here. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders here as well with the eight and a half. Although the Raiders could definitely use the confidence boost that comes with a blowout victory. So I I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it. Ben, uh, the wide receiver situation might might keep it a little more competitive than it would have been otherwise. But uh, yeah, and I also point terrible for the Giants and their fans. Uh, that might seem kind of patronizing coming from a Patriots fan. But uh, I just – I feel bad for them. You know, you never like to see a, a good franchise typically run the right way uh, just absolutely come off the rails, and it's, it's ugly. Yeah, so, so true. I mean, that Giants organization, they've been solid for years, and now they're really starting to tank, and um, it's disappointing that they suffered so many crucial injuries really this, this season. Um, and, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll be able to turn around next year. They'll, have, they'll be getting a lot of talent back off, the, off injuries like, like I just said. And um, with a, with a pick of a good quarterback like Sam Donald or Josh Rosen, um, I think it'd be interesting to see how uh, they could turn around next year. But I mean, it, with with the start of Geno Smith this week, it makes like absolutely no sense. Other than like I said, they they want to lose football games, and if they were looking for the future, I mean, you would think they would start. Um, what's the what's the third string's name? It's um, do you know his name? The the the, the rookie QB they have. I forget his name. His name's Davis Webb. Webb, that's right. Um, I mean, if they were looking for the future, they would use him. I mean, not Geno Smith. There's no way Smith is in their future plans. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's really – it's interesting that they chose – I mean, it was kind of strategic, I think, that they chose to um, bench Eli um, for his first game in Oakland because, I mean, if they were at home in New York, there would be quite a few boo-birds, uh, boo I think, um, in New yeah. York, the New York stands, yeah. And I agree with you completely. I don't see the point in playing Geno. Uh, I'd be trying to get Davis Webb as many snaps as possible. You selected him on day two of the draft this past year. That's a valuable draft pick. And before going into next season and trying to pick another quarterback in the first round, it'd be nice to at the very least showcase Webb in case you wanted to trade him down the road or something. Uh, but to feed snaps to Geno Smith, who's not going to give you any more chance to win than Webb, uh, seems like just another foolish move. And foolish moves seem to be the trend with the uh, the McAdoo uh, in the McAdoo era in New York. Yeah, I mean it's looking like McAdoo isn't going to last long in New York at this point. Yeah, I'd love to speculate with you after the season as to what's going to happen from that coaching position too. Yeah, for sure. All right, the next game. This is one of the best games of the week: the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints in New in New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are favored by four and a half points. Who are you taking here? Um, I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, like you, Ben, I noticed the uninspiring effort by Carolina, where they really need to play. Uh, they really need to put it on at the end of the game against the Jets last week. Um, New Orleans is on a whole other level than New York than, than New York Jets are, uh, and New Orleans has has consistently played at a very high level at home. 
I don't see Carolina going into New Orleans and taking a win from Drew Brees and this new offense uh, centered around the different running backs. Uh, Carolina linebackers against Saints running backs is going to be the matchup to watch. I'm really excited for that. I'm glad it's not running at the same time as the Patriots game, which means I'll likely be able to see it. Uh, but I just I have a lot of faith in the Saints at home. And I also I, I think that they've got the coaching edge. I think Sean Payton is a uh, is definitely a step above Ron Rivera. No offense to Riverboat Ron. I just think that sometimes he struggles to adapt his game plans, and that, that might play into Payton's hands this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you here. Um, the Saints are coming off an understandable loss against a, a good L.A. Rams team last week. You know, although that offense looked decent um, later in the games, I think the king of garbage time stats, Drew Brees, um, was really able to feed it to Kamara, their star rookie running back, um, at the end of the game last week against the Rams. Um, I love their chances of covering here. This is one of my favorite bets of the week probably. Um I'd be probably willing to bet the New Orleans Saints, but they do have two cornerbacks um, that are questionable at the moment in Lattimore and Crawley, and I think that that's going to influence at least a point or two, um, I mean a half a point or a point um, in the spread, whether or not they play. Um, and if they do play, I definitely love, love the Saints here um, with the four-and-a-half point spread. Um, but uh, even if they don't play, I'm still willing to take them against the Carolina, the, the Carolina Panthers here? Yeah, Carolina's just so inconsistent. Uh, New Orleans, I, I would think their strategy would be going against Carolina with the banged up corners. If those guys can't go and they have backups in, I think it's going to be let's just jam those wide, those big wide receivers. They're slow starters and, and uh, long striders, so it takes them a while to get to top speed downfield where Cam wants them. So let's jam them at the line and get the pass rush going, and uh, we'll see what that happens, what, what goes on there. I think that'll be the Saints' uh, strategy if those guys aren't ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Greg Olson came back last week um, after, after a stint on the IR, um, and he re-injured that foot during the game last week, and it's questionable whether or not he plays this week. Um, he's probably not going to practice, and they said that it's possible that he plays without, without practicing. Um, but – I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference considering that he re-injured the foot again last week. Um, he probably won't be that huge of a factor in this game. Um, so I'm taking the Saints here, like I said. Yes, sir. We're on the same page on that one. All right. Let's go to the L.A. Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. This is a good. This is an interesting game. Um, it's in Arizona. The Rams are favored by seven points. Who are you taking here? I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. They've just been so hot this season, and the Arizona Cardinals have been really inconsistent. I've heard that Patrick Peterson's a little bit banged up, and that his play, him playing is, is in question. Uh, that might get clarified a little bit more before uh, game day. But uh, I just think that you know the Rams have just looked so incredible this season that uh, it would be hard to pick against them, especially picking a team so inconsistent like Arizona, a team that – you know, where I don't like AP against Aaron Donald. It sounds like a matchup, a matchup nightmare for the Cardinals. Uh, I can't imagine them getting much going on the offensive side of the football, and I think that Wade Phillips' defense is going to win this game for the Rams. Yeah, I, I like the Rams obviously as 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 the winner of this game. Um, they're the better team, but I think that I'm I'm taking the Cardinals here. I'm taking that I, I, I've somewhat liked what I've seen out of Blaine Gabbert. I think he's probably the best third-string quarterback in the league, maybe behind Case Keenum if you put him behind um, Bradford and, and uh, Bridgewater. But, um, I mean, Gabbert's looked decent in Arizona. They uh, they have some some encouraging talent um, for that squad. And although the Rams are, are the better team and looking like a, a, they could be earning themselves a bye week soon um, in the playoffs, um, I don't like the fact that Robert Woods is out for the Rams still. He's he's looking at a week 15 return, it looks like, against the Seahawks. Um, so, I mean, they, Goff doesn't have his number one guy in, in Woods. And, and although it didn't really look like it affected him last week and Cup was able to step up in his place, um, I still think the Arizona Cardinals are, are going to be a team to be reckoned with at home here against the Rams. And so I like their chances of, of covering this spread, so I'm taking the Cardinals. All righty. All right, the 8.30 Sunday night football game. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Eagles are, given, are uh, giving the Seahawks six points. They're favored by six. Who are you taking? I'm going to go with Philly in this game. I know they're on the road in Seattle, 
but I think that that Philly defense is really going to pose a lot of problems for the Seahawks offense. That Seahawks offensive line, as everyone knows, is definitely the Achilles heel of the team. The front seven for the Eagles, monstrous. I think Fletcher Cox is going to wreak havoc on the interior of that offensive line. Uh, Piotrzic, the the uh, rookie interior offensive lineman, is going to have his hands full against Cox. Uh, I think Russell Wilson, I got to tip my hat to, hat to him. He's had an incredible season. Uh, he's been playing, you know, with next to no running game, very little help from the offensive line. Jimmy Graham is starting to round in form. Uh, but outside of Graham and Baldwin, you know, he hasn't gotten much help. And the play calling and the coaching hasn't been amazing in Seattle either. I think the compound of those issues are the injuries on the back end of the Seattle defense. I expect Philly to really challenge that defense early and often. Uh Probably the matchup to watch Philly offense against Seattle defense will be Zach Ertz against the different coverage linebackers and that cover four defense that Pete Carroll loves to run. Uh, if Zach Ertz can really get it going in the red zone, it's going to be a long day for Seattle. Uh, but I, I think that the Eagles are going to win this one and comfortably at that. Yeah, I, I don't dislike your logic here. Um, I think the Eagles are probably the best football team in the NFL at the moment. Um, but I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks here just because – Seattle, the story behind them every year is that they get better in December. They get better as the season goes on, and they just they know how to finish seasons. And um, I think that although they're kind of banged up with um, Sherman out, um, and they've suffered some crucial injuries um, to the to the offensive linemen and everything, I think that this is this is the first time that they, at home the Seattle Seahawks have been um, underdogs by more than a field goal in six years. I think I saw. So um, they have not. Yeah. So they haven't been underdogs this heavily at home in a long time. Um, and I, I just like, I like their chances of covering the spread at the very least here. I think they're going to keep it close. Um, the Seahawks are one of the best teams in football as well. And so I think this is going to be a great game Sunday night. Yeah. I think this is an appropriate time for me to say, we're really going to be privileged with this slate this week after such a disappointing slate of games last week. Uh, we've got three very marquee matchups on the NFC side. Uh, and so I, I'm really looking forward to this week. And, and this game will be a nice nightcap on the Sunday schedule. Yeah, very true. All right, so I'm taking the Seahawks there. Let's go into Monday night. Uh, we're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers at Cincinnati. The Steelers are favored by five points in Cincinnati. Who are you taking? I'm going to go with the Steelers, and the line seems kind of low to me. Um, I know that it's a divisional game. I know that Cincinnati likes to play a very physical game, especially against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're rivals in that sense and that they like to rough each other up. But when it comes to the results, Pittsburgh seems to consistently dominate. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Antonio Brown take over this game like he did last week. Uh, Roethlisberger is certainly taking a step back. But the Cincinnati defense isn't anything like it was last year. Um, also, looking at Pittsburgh, they're top 10 in both pass defense and run defense. Uh, Joe Mixon's really struggled in most of his games this year. His yards per carry went very low. Uh, I had high expectations for him coming into the year. Very disappointing. Uh, I think A.J. Green might get his in the passing game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Croft make a few plays. But uh, overall, I think the Pittsburgh defense will be able to contain a Cincinnati offense they're barely familiar with. And so I think Pittsburgh will win comfortably on Monday night. <laughs> Um, I don't disagree with your saying. The Steelers are one of the best teams in, in, in football, and, and they're probably the second best team in a, w a pretty weak AFC um, uh, what do you call it? conference. Um, but I'm taking Cincinnati here, um, and kind of the reasoning behind this is I just think the Cincinnati Bengals are a decent football team. Um, they had a down year last year, um, but they had like a five-year string of making the playoffs um, before that, and um, I just think they're a decent team, and before this is the second time these teams, these, these two teams, have faced each other this season. And the last time they faced each other, they were in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers were given three points. And so now we're looking at, and you give you give Cincinnati three points basically for being at home, and you're looking at a, a, about you're looking at about an eight point spread on a neutral field. And I just I don't think that's really um, the case here. I think Cincinnati's within eight points of the Steelers. And so I think that they are, they're going to be able to cover this five point spread. 
Um, so I'm taking them on Monday night. But I, this is gonna be this gonna be another good game. It's a divisional game, and these two teams aren't strangers to having good physical football games. So I think this is another one that um, football fans are gonna be wanting to watch on Monday night as well. Yeah, I'll say this: while I, I don't believe the game is gonna be all that close, I think Pittsburgh will win it handily. It's still a game worth watching. Uh, Steelers and Bengals, especially in Cincinnati, it's going to be incredibly physical. Uh, I'm one of those people, I don't mind watching a, a 13 to 10 slugfest, so long as there's some big hits and some physical football. <laughs> yeah, speaking, and, uh, speaking of physical I'll, football, though, who do you, over and under uh, one and a half personal foul penalties on, on perfect this game? <laughs> um, that's, uh, I mean, it's safe to say he's going to get at least one. I think the the real – I almost thought when you were giving me that over-under, I thought you were going to ask over-under and how many players get ejected from the game. <laughs> that's, another, that's another good one. <laughs> I, uh, I think if I'm doing an over-under on that, I think that Burfick maybe just gets one penalty, and I think that'll be because Marvin Lewis is just going to really stress to him that they need him in this game. And I also think that uh, with the way that the Steelers have reacted to the past few perfect run-ins and incidents, I wouldn't be shocked to see an overreaction from someone on the Steelers' offensive line like a David DeCastro. Uh, I could see him getting very physical with perfect after a cheap shot and maybe both players getting tossed. It wouldn't shock me. I think they're going to be on a short leash. Perfect may not get the opportunity to commit a second foul. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But yeah, this would be a this would be a good physical divisional game, I think. So um, yeah, this would be a good week of game, week thirteen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up um, for our podcast or our week thirteen picks. It looks like we have six deferring picks this week. Um, so we'll see how uh, we do um, going forward, and uh, you might be able to gain some ground on me depending on how the games um, fall this week. Alrighty, brother. It was good talking to you. I'm looking forward to uh, checking in next week, see how we did, and uh, making a few more picks. Yeah, exactly. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to next week, like you said, and uh, talk to you later, Jake. Absolutely. Stay in touch, brother. Maybe I'll shoot you a text Sunday. All right, buddy. Sounds great. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Now that's a wrap to episode 20 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thank you all for listening, and thanks again to my good friend Jake Kelly for joining me for the podcast every week. Thank you for listening and continue to subscribe to the podcast here on soundcloud.com slash vicious talk. Now go out, have a great day, and always remember to be vicious. Thanks for listening.